Hey guys, welcome to Bud Lamb Talks, where with resources and stories, we hope to encourage you to know, love, and enjoy God, to follow Him with your heart, and to love like Jesus. So today I'm going to be reading uh, from my book, Chasing the Sage. But before I get started uh, reading from one of the chapters, I want to read from the introduction to give some um, some context to what, what Chasing the Sage is all about. So I write, um, and now looking back over almost 50 years of being what our culture calls a man, I can clearly see three movements or seasons. Um, um, they are mysterious transformations which are hardwired into the soul of a man. These three movements, they, they are at a glacial pace, um, slow like the sh- shifting of the tectonic plates. These movements can, can actually move through a man as we move through them. And we can begin to ask and answer the question, who am I and what am I doing? The first movement is from orphan to son. You see, most guys operate as functional orphans, the result of wounds from the hands of our fathers or other authority figures. And we learn the first lesson of an orphan, and that is it's unwise to trust others. And we move through life believing that survival is all up to us. The next movement is the movement from boy to man. And most boys learn how to be men by their well-intended mothers while their fathers were absent. And as a result, we grow up, but we don't mature. Uninitiated into manhood by a man, we remain a boy in a man's body. And finally, the movement of chasing the sage. Whereas the orphan is focused on survival and the son on learning, the boy on pleasure, a man on building, the sage focuses on being. And this movement takes place below the waterline. They first become cultivated by an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. And both inward and outward are essential. Chasing the sage is the end. This is where we're headed to chase the sage wisdom of of God, but also our highest and best self that's made in his image. So so I'm gonna read now um, from um, the chapter called, um, interestingly enough, it's kind of tragic. It's very tragic. It's thoughts on suicide. And this is found on page 25. It begins with me quoting Luke chapter 19, verse 10, which says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those which are lost. So I'm reading from from my book here. I enlisted in the United States Army in the fall of 1971. I was a fuzzy-faced, naive, soft male. That is, a nice guy with no backbone. I enlisted because I had no sense of myself or or what I wanted to do with my life and imagined that I was going to get training of some sort, as yet, for some identified profession. Three years later, I was a boy in a raging testosterone-fueled male body, beginning a drift, a big drift, into a deep, dark hole. My folks had moved on, so I moved and returned to California to that house that wasn't my home. My mom was working long hours at the VA. My dad was deep in his own hole, lubricated with beer and gin, and I was high on weed and liquor for myself. Friends had gone off to college or to work or to Utah to ski for the winter, and I was quite in shock. 
it wasn't long before my insecure me made a quick decision to make a clean break and a clean start in Oregon. I didn't know a soul in Corvallis, Oregon, where I rented an unfurnished studio apartment. There was plenty of room for my twin mattress, table, two folding chairs. My nearest relative was my grandma, 20 miles up the road in Portland. Frozen in isolation, I was frozen. I bought and drank gallon jugs of Gallo red wine and I chain smoked Winston cigarettes for days. And looking back 45 years later, I have no recollection of what I did between drinking, smoking and sleeping. In one corner of my apartment, I had a, I leaned my single shot bolt action 22 caliber rifle. I would stare at it from time to time. You can end this, the gun would propose as I poured another cup of red wine and lit up another Winston. That first Thanksgiving I was there, which I spent alone eating pressed ham, baked potato, frozen stuffing while the gun leered at me from the corner. That was the worst Thanksgiving of my life. And yet I hadn't bottomed out. I'd just begun to trade any sense of dignity for degrading hours, listless shuffling from excessive introspection to bleeding my heart out to strangers sitting next to me on the bus. My orphan season came into a dark bloom. And yet it was another four years sinking into that rat hole, working graveyard shift at a 7-Eleven convenience store on the wrong side of a town, void of vision, lost with no memory of home. You can end this, became more and more appealing as my life slipped through my fingers like sand. And I was desperate for adoption. So a couple of things um, I observe as I'm reading back on this and reflecting on it is this word isolated. Um, I came back from the army and all my friends were gone. My parents had moved. Uh, I'd moved on. Many people had moved on in my life. And I came back to something that was, there was no one there. Nobody was waiting. And I wasn't connected. I wasn't connected with another soul. I had not kept in touch. Interestingly enough, I, I dropped into the same kind of uh, rhythm that my, I learned from my dad. My dad was in that place as I read, where does it say it? Uh, my dad was deep in his own hole, lubricated with beer and gin. And he was, he was an absent dad, emotionally absent. And he was wrestling with his own demons, but I didn't realize that then. And so like all boys, whether we're older sons and we're still boys or whatever, we're still the son of our father. Um, I learned how to be a man. I learned how to deal with tragedy and disappointment and change and, and uh, fear and, and rejection. I learned how to do that by watching my dad. He chain smoked. He drank himself crazy. He was ab emotionally absent. He isolated and stayed alone. And that's exactly what I was doing. That's what many of us do. We self-medicate. That's what we watch our parents do or our you know, significant leader in our, in our lives, we, we learn from them. And that's both a good thing, but also a tragedy. So this idea of, uh, I hadn't bottomed out yet either. Um, I thought I was bottoming out. 
but I had to learn, I had to lose all my dignity. And um, it takes a while before we're ready. You know, there's two, two great sentences that I love in life. They're very short and simple, but the first one is ready. It's a complete sentence, the word ready. And when you're ready, man, nothing can stop you. And you're on your way and you've got momentum and there's will and there's determination. The second question, not ready. And if you're not ready to take personal responsibility, if you're not ready to get after it, if you're not ready to step in and step up, you're just not ready. There's no shame in that. There's regret, yes. But if you're not ready, you're just not ready. The time I was living this, I wasn't ready. And so I kept drifting and slipping. And that hole got darker and darker. True, when I say I was desperate for adoption, I was desperate for adoption, but I didn't have any idea how to get to it. So just a question, a couple questions for you that are listening. Um, have you been in a place like this? Have you? Are you, are you in a place like that right now? And if so, uh, what is your story? I wrote part of mine here in this. And it was cathartic. It was healing. It was part of the, part of the bottoming out and the becoming ready to be able to write my story down and look at it and weep over it. Be, be brought to my own senses in my own right. This is my life. This has been my life. But it, maybe it doesn't have to be. So get a pen out and start writing some things down. Writing about your life. Don't, let, don't show it to other people, but just do it for you. You see, we were designed to be connected to our maker. And we'll be talking about that later in the book, but... But for now, I want to offer you um, some hope that if you are in a place like that or you've been in one and your story is one that is not one that you want to continue living, um, you, can, you can begin. And this is, this is this movement from functional orphan to adopted son. And that is when we come to God and say, we, we want to take you up on your free offer of, of a fresh start. And we do that by saying... Just a simple but honest prayer. And it goes something like this. God, I've messed up. And I've been doing my best to make ends meet in my soul. <laughs> and I'm losing at it. And I need help. And I'm asking for help. I'm asking that you would um, open your arms back up me open them up to me wide as I am I feel like I need to clean myself up but but what I've heard about you is that you know I can come as I am and I'm sorry for what I've done and I want to learn how to live live a great life I've heard a little bit about Jesus and I've I've heard that he's good but I don't know much about him I know he died on the cross but I don't know what that means so as best I can, I'm coming 
to you on your terms. And I surrender my life to you. And I receive adoption as your son. Amen. Well, I hope you'll keep um, tuning back in for this podcast. We're going to, you know, read about hitting the wall next week. And and um, just hope you'll um, stay the course. You're not alone. Take care.